in honor of election night, Kyle and Grady record their longest podcast ever. We dig into the Hawks' 0-2 start to the season and take a look ahead at the Michigan State game. Grady and Kyle talk a little bit about NFL Week 8 and get into divisional picks as well as the playoff picture and Super Bowl picks. And then Kyle and Grady get into the NBA and talk about the NBA draft and do a mock draft. Let's get after it. James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! All right, welcome to episode number four of the Bang Podcast with Whedon and Grady. Uh, my name is Grady Gallagher. I'm here with co-host Kyle Whedon. Whedon, the second week in a row, we don't have a great uh, show planned as far as happy things to bring to the table with Iowa football, but all that considered, how are you? Grady, I don't know yet if I'm going to just go nuts or if I'm just going to take it easy on the Hawks this week. So I guess we're going to find out what happens, but all that aside, doing really good. Um, election night, we're going to see what happens there. We're not going to give our political opinions just so people keep listening to us, but um, yeah, all things considered doing well. What, what's been, what's been going on with you this week? Uh, not much, just gearing up for the b-ball season. I've got a lot going on, but uh, not as many sports on throughout the week without uh basketball and baseball anymore but hopefully basketball can get it figured out soon but I know we'll get into that a little bit later let's let's start out with the Hawkeyes if that's okay uh, obviously lost this weekend 21-20 to a Northwestern team that in my opinion is not uh, the caliber of teams we want the Iowa Hawkeyes competing with uh, just not a not a great second half performance they had 17-0 in the game um, just give me your initial thoughts, uh, takeaways, and kind of what's, what's keeping your hope with the Iowa Hawkeyes moving forward. Well, I just want to shout out first ASAP, Drizzy Drake, and Bud Light Platinum Seltzers for helping me get through that game. Um, <laughs> that was something. I think it was, it's a, it was a roller coaster, and it started off very high. I mean, we shot out of the gate. Defense was making plays, special teams. My guy, Terry Roberts, falls on a ball right at the beginning after the uh, muff punt. And our boy, Petrus, starts off hot, hits Brandon Smith in the corner of the end zone. I'm feeling good. Um, defense played, uh, honestly, defense, you know, there's a lot of young guys on this defense, but I thought they played pretty well. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that. I see you shaking your head. Davian Nixon, I'll, we can talk about him a little bit more, too. People, people have been asking me uh, who's going to be the, the, the guy on the defense this year. And he's really, he's really kind of come out to play. I don't know. I think he has four sacks on the year. And that's, I mean, not bad for your first, first two games as an interior defensive lineman. Uh, but let me get back to the game. Started off 17-0. And it was relatively downhill from there. I had an opportunity at a long field goal at the end of the half to get 20. And didn't make it happen. But Look, I'm going to get your opinion on it, and I'm going to kind of give my hot takes here. We did not do the things on offense that we needed to do to win this ball game, and it was really disappointing. I'm sorry. I think that sometimes we almost outthink ourselves in these games, and I don't know if 
our offensive coordinator. I won't say his name yet because I, I think I'll get mad. Um, I don't know if he's looking at social media and he's just hearing, hey, we got to be a spread offense, pass, pass, pass. And I, what are we doing? Like, we have a lead. Let's figure it out. Let's let's do some different types of runs. Let's do what we need to do to run some clock and uh, get these guys worn out. But um, was really just dis- disappointed with how, with how the game went after that. I think they put too much pressure on Petrus. We can go into him in a second. Uh, initial thoughts. What do you think um, about the game? Um, I liked your shout out to a alcoholic drink as a way to get through Iowa Hawkeye games. I can't say I always go with the same route, but sometimes do. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, the defense, what, gets three turnovers, and we really do a nice job the first half taking care of the football, which we normally do. Petrus, three interceptions at the end of the game. I agree with offensive play calling. I don't know. To me, us not sticking with the run a little bit more is a thought process coaching-wise is some question marks on the offensive line that I'm not really seeing maybe as clearly as maybe you or other people are. But to me, it's it's third down, six for 17. That's not going to get it done. Can't expect to win there. Uh, even turnover battle, basically. Uh, when we did look good offensively, it was off a turnover, which is good, but you can't always depend on, you know, good teams aren't going to turn the football over three times. So we can't compete with top teams expecting that to happen. Uh, 4.2 yards per pass. That's not going to get it done with the weapons that we have. And just, again, the, the rushing numbers to me are, are a big question mark. And to me, that's, questioning the offensive line. Smith-Marset and uh, Laporta had nice games receiving-wise, but you know, other than that, as far as bright spots on the offensive end, I'm not, I'm not sure where to start. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. What it, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm going to start with the quarterback. I'm just going to run through the offense here quick because I think that's where we went wrong. And you know, Petrus, people were kind of lighting him up. If you, if you went through social media, which I'm sure you saw some of this, it was just like, start Deuce, start Padilla, put, put Padilla in. It was just, it's just ridiculous. If you go back and watch Nate Stanley's first couple games, he, he got to play against Wyoming and you and I, and you, you know, he's just not playing, not that Purdue and Northwestern are world beaters, but they're competent Big Ten teams. And you know, like they're going to do some different stuff to rattle your, your, your second game starting quarterback. And it's just disappointing to see Iowa fans um, kind of, kind of just throwing the towel on him already when he's cl- he clearly has talent and he has a cannon for an arm and he's, he's just got to figure out the flow of the game. And it's, he's, it's his second game ever. Like cut the kid a break. There's a reason that our six, five, 230 pound quarterback is our first string quarterback. So um receivers you know did some good stuff I I don't know it's almost I have a theory I think I told this to you the other day and I can we can just touch on a quick Smith Marset got arrested after the game for for OWI disappointing but I, I don't obviously that terrible decision we've we've all made crappy decisions before especially in college I I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing football wise though he sits out for a week maybe some of these other guys maybe we start to figure out 
who the guys are in offense. It's almost like Petrus has too many guys to spread the ball to. You got Brandon Smith, Smith Marset, Laporta, Tracy, Goodson, Regini. I'm missing guys, Sean Byer, but like they, that's so many guys that have to throw the ball to and they have to spread it around. And it's already COVID and so much going on and the racial stuff this summer. Think of all the pressure that's on Petrus's shoulders right now. So um, moving on from him, offensive line. I know the tackles haven't been great. Uh, I also have a theory. Um, Alaric Jackson went vegan this summer, and I just don't know if that's the move for a, an offensive tackle. He, he looks look he looks kind of light out there. He looks small, like way thinner than he did. I'm sure he's healthier overall, and that's a that's a good thing. But that's a it's a pretty lightweight to be playing at, and uh, I know their strength staff is new, and I, I don't know what they're doing, but um, maybe a contributing factor. Uh, Goodson maybe probably, probably should add more touches. You know, I I think they were defending the run well, Northwestern, but there was some stuff we were doing that uh, it got a little hazy in the second half for me, but I remember us running the ball decently out of like shotgun. The Wildcat got us a touchdown, I think. So uh, look, offensively is where the issue's at. I mean, we only let them have 21 points. You, you just got to score more than 21 in the Big Ten. It just, you just have to these days. And at home. At home. That's right. And it's just, I mean, the like you said, three. If we, if you would have told me before that game, we held Northwestern to 21 points, 207 yards and turned them over three times, I would have said we won, I don't know, 38 to 20, 21. Um, so disappointed, obviously it sucks. I just, maybe Brian Ferentz just isn't the move right now. I know we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to talk about firing coaches right now. The guys had five years to figure this out, and every year he does this. He has these dud games where he can't figure out the pass versus the run, and it, it shouldn't happen back-to-back Northwestern Purdue. It just shouldn't. We shouldn't lose to those guys. So disappointed overall. Yeah, one final thought. This was a text from my Uncle Jerry during the second half of the game. If Iowa loses, Kirk Ferentz will be 9-11 and against Northwestern. The NFL draft pick count during that time would be something like Iowa 60, Northwestern 5. That just uh, – that that's just a punch to the gut. That is a crazy statistic. Shout out Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, he does a good job. He has some down years. But think of the uh, – I mean, they always talk about, oh, Iowa brings these three-star guys in and puts them in the – Pat Fitzgerald, like, he causes problems for some teams. So, I – I don't like losing to him and I don't like losing to Northwestern. And ever since they hurt Stanzi in 2009, I mean, they pissed me off ever since then. It's still painful to this day because I was going to the national title game and winning the national title if Stanzi's not hurt. But uh, yeah, shout out to Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, this team is 0 2. We're literally, if I told you before the season started, the Big Ten season, that Penn State, Minnesota, and Iowa would all be 0 2 to start the season. I don't know. It's a pandemic. So maybe I would have believed you, but um, thoughts on the defense, anything there? Uh, Defense. I thought did a decent job. Like you said, the, we got eight up on the ground game just a little bit. I think they, they had a couple like 10 plus or 10 plus play drives and that's tough. That's stuff defensively, no matter the situation, you got to get off the field on third down. Um, just simple stuff like that, but Bowser, whatever his name was, yeah. decent. But it, I don't. To me, this game is not on the defense. I think is more offense's fault. 
so hopefully they get it figured out uh coming into next week next week is one we really need now so i'm not sure we're ever going to get media passes for iowa football so i'm just going to say it this should be brian france's last year as offensive coordinator unless he can he can get this turned around there's too many there's too much talent on this offense for us to be playing as poorly as we are on offense even with a young quarterback it's called checkdowns. It's called hand the ball off, sweeps, pitches, slants. Like, shorten the field up a little bit. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And that'll open things up a little bit. It's. I mean, I didn't play football growing up, and I. I you tell me. You. You. Uh, you used to be an all-star quarterback. I mean, doesn't that sound like something that would work? I don't know. All-stars being generous, but uh, I would say he needs to watch. And again, the personnel is way different, but watch Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Somehow with that many weapons, they're able to keep people happy, keep the ball moving, and they don't abandon the run game. It is not the Patrick Mahomes show at all. Um, but there's there's a way to do it, especially with the Iowa football way to do it. I think our best player is our starting running back. So yeah. I think he should be getting more touches than anybody else. So he that's my had, He touched the ball... Let's see here. 13 times for 43 yards and a touchdown. I just feel like 20 to 25 has to be his number at least. And that to me is just totally no faith in the offensive line for some reason. And I get it. Teams can stack up against the run, but that's when guys are more open. When you commit to the run game, play action should be there. Uh, Spreading the ball out should be more of an option and, then once you get them spread out a little bit, then go back to the run game. Yeah. Look, there's positives to take away. We had opportunities to win both of these first games. We could yep. easily do an O and, you know, Wisconsin's going through their COVID shit. So it's like, you know, who knows what the hell's going to happen with them. So think of the opportunities we're missing out on, but we've been in both of these games. We got Michigan state coming up on Saturday, Rocky Lombardi, uh, former Valley quarterback says that he's been, he's had this game circled since he was, was going to go to Michigan state or something like that. Since he committed. Yeah. Um, Okay. Rocky, you're going to get smacked around now. Like what's (laughs) that? Why is Rocky having a rivalry with that? Rocky probably shouldn't be the even starter. They beat Michigan last week. Shout out to Rocky Lombardi. Sounds like he had a good game. I didn't watch any of that, but um, any uh, early thoughts, I suppose we should probably give some predictions on that game this weekend. We've been pretty wrong so far. So I don't know. Rocky Lombardi stats so far, 48 of 75, 642, six touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, you look at him against Petrus, uh, I I still believe in Petrus, don't get me wrong, but those are better stats to this point. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about him. I just hope we uh, come out and kind of stick it to him and, and we just finally have one Iowa game in the first three weeks that really isn't a roller coaster, but I'm afraid that's exactly what we're going to get. I was favored by six and a half. I would stay away from that (laughs) over under is 46 and a half and looks like the weather's going to be nicer than last Saturday. So that that's a little more tasty to me. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. The uh, last time we played Michigan State was in East Lansing, and that was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. It was a defensive battle, but I just remember our guy Nate Stanley had a 
he struggled in that game and we lost it. It was kind of shades of what Petrus has looked like to start off the season. It was a lot of uh, overthrows, misses, you know, but it, the, the Michigan State was a good defensive team. And the last time we played him before that was 2015. So we need to stick it to him. Um, I still will never watch a replay of that 2015 Big Ten championship game. I guess I'll take that back. I'll watch the uh, CJ Beather to Tavon Smith. Um, but you know, it was uh, past two games have been ugly with them. I think we're due for a win against Michigan State. So I think we can do it. I think we'll bounce back. I think the offense will figure it out. The defense got better from week one to week two. I think Phil Park Phil Parker does a nice job with them and. Uh, Tavon Merriweather came in at safety. I forgot to mention this um, last week, and he, he did a nice job, and Dane Belton was able to switch over that cash position. We got some young guys in the secondary, but I think we should do just enough on Saturday to beat Michigan State and get our first win of the season. So, um, Plus, I just don't like Mel Tucker. He did that thing with Colorado and all that stuff. No faith in Mel Tucker, so I'm out on him. Um, I say we get to 30 for the first time this year. Petrus has two touchdowns, one interception. We have a couple of rushing touchdowns and a, uh, an interception from Kayvon Merriweather. So 31, 24 Hawks. Okay. I was thinking similar except for getting to 30 because I don't think they cover. Uh, I'm going to go 27, 24 Hawks. And just a really huge game, I think, for all Iowa players and fans because we dropped this one going 0-3 to Minnesota, to Penn State. That's going to be rough. So we need this one. Get a little momentum. Go roll P.J. Fleck. Be 2-2 two and two heading to Penn State and actually give ourselves a chance. How about P.J. Fleck going down to Maryland and Tauli uh, Tagovailoa? That was nice to see him lose. He is He's a loser, man, that P.J. <laughs> uh, nice to see him lose. Um, around the Big Ten, Michigan lost. Such it's just such a Michigan move, a Harbaugh move to lose. I was debating with my uncles um, if Harbaugh is going to get fired after this year. I say no. They thought yes, but it's a COVID year, a pandemic year. They were pretty probably pretty close to firing him after getting smacked around by Ohio State again last year. I don't know. I like their quarterback. I didn't watch much of the game last week, but I just I it's probably 50-50 whether they get rid of Harbaugh after this year or not if he if he has a 6 and 2 or a 5 and 3 year. Did you see the uh not breaking news but reported speculation on that uh hiring or firing today at Michigan? Really? What is it? I didn't see it. Uh according to Rich Eisen and Dan Patrick, sources say uh, Matt Campbell possibly interested in a Miss Michigan head coaching job if it becomes available. Rich Eisen tweeted that. I uh, don't tweet it. Don't quote me. This was text sent around to me throughout the day, but there was some reports of some speculation that that might be a fit for a possible job opening. Now, again, nothing happened by the time this podcast come out. Maybe that's different, but I, I just, <laughs> I look at it and laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think Matt Campbell's a bad coach, but like, what, what, what has he done to, <laughs> to deserve moving up? I don't know. Am I missing something? I don't think you're missing anything. I mean, he can't win a game in September. We know that. 
he this this is gonna trigger all the Iowa State fans that are listening here too. They they get so mad when you talk about Matt Campbell taking another job. <laughs> the process, the process, follow the process. Shut up. That's that's a Joel Embiid thing. Um, Matt Campbell is overrated. You hear, heard it here first. Uh, maybe maybe they'd hire him. Maybe he know. Maybe he'd put a blueprint on how to beat Ohio State. I don't think many teams are going to beat Ohio State. But uh, look, I, I like the rumor. Let's let's start it. Let's keep it going here. Matt Campbell to Michigan. I think it's going to be a thing. So you weren't able to find anything, or there was a few. People? I Twitter searched it. Didn't see much. So I'm not sure where you're seeing that. Okay. Um, I think it was on the Dan Patrick show today. So uh, just I, also have, I also have a prediction. Just this is way we got way off beat here. I've I've always thrown this out there. I thought it was going to happen this year, actually, if Kirk was removed from the Iowa program. I just think Bob Stoops is a natural fit for the Iowa head coaching position here uh, in the next couple of years. And people are telling me I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. Not even in this context. They're just telling me that. But um I don't know. Bob Stoops, like he graduated from Iowa. He really likes Iowa City. His son's down in Oklahoma, but I don't think Lincoln Riley's going anywhere unless he like takes the Cowboys job after Mike McCarthy gets fired this year. But uh, what do you think, Bob Stoops? I mean, that he could he could lead us to some sort of promised land. I think that's uh, optimistic thinking. I don't see that happening, but okay. I I hope. That, that would be great. I would be thrilled with that hire. I think there are some other names I'd rather see, possibly. Throw them Maybe. out there. I want to hear them. Ah, oh, geez. I don't even know. Luke Fickle from, uh, from uh, Cincinnati. The problem is I would want someone that this would be like their first big opportunity, and that's probably not the way Iowa would go. Iowa's going to go with the safe bet. And that's probably someone with experience at the college level in the area that might have pulled some Iowa recruits. I don't think the UNI coach would be interested. Mark Farley, no. Yeah, uh, but it would be someone like that who's a little bit younger, where I would just, like, if they, think of this, and again, this is way... <laughs> this is just me going off the cuff. Think of someone like Ricky Stanzi with, like, more... I don't know, more experience or just some Hawkeye legend is thrown in there as like their first time coaching gig. Like at least then the hype for Iowa football would like be real and he'd be able to get some players, you know? So (laughs) that's just me going off the cuff. But again, I, I don't see Kirk leaving either, but who knows? Yeah. But it's fun to speculate. Look, I'm not here sitting here saying Kirk needs to go. I actually did think this summer that he wasn't, I thought he was probably going to resign just with everything that was happening or there would be some sort of change. And I don't think Barta, once again, probably not going to get any Iowa media passes. So we're just going to knock down some, some dominoes here. I don't think Barta has done a very good job at all. Um, he did bring Fran in, you know, Fran uh, was maybe, was Barta the guy that brought Fran? Who was here 10 years ago? I don't know. Um, I love me some Fran, but look, I thought I was going to make a change. And then I, these, these thoughts started running through my head. I'd like the Bob Stoops idea. Um, I can't think of any other coach, maybe some, like uh, some Maction coaches would be some good guys to bring over, you know, the, all those Maction uh, coaches, Miami, Ohio, Buffalo, you know, I mean, there's some, there's some up and comers there. So anyways, we got way off the beaten path. 
Yeah. Um, Ohio State beat Penn State as well. Wasn't much of a shock there from the Big Ten. So that I think that kind of covers our Big Ten portion for tonight. Um, do you have anything you else you want to add from uh, the Big Ten? Anything college football related you want to add? Wisconsin's a little bit of, in a little bit of a pickle, but um, we don't have to touch on that too much. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what happens to Wisconsin, like how this kind of affects Iowa going forward. Like you said, they really missed. Like if Iowa was 2-0 right now and Wisconsin had going on what they were going on, like me and you would both be out of our minds with excitement about the possibilities to to eventually get let down. Don't get me wrong. but Absolutely, absolutely. So right now, so you know how they're doing that thing at the end of the season with uh, the extra uh, week? Yeah, so they're going to play multiple bowl games, everything like – or uh, multiple Big Ten Championship Day games. Right now, Iowa is scheduled to play Michigan at one and one So, uh, Andrew, I thought it would be like a Rutgers. Yeah, it, we're, actually, it's tied a bunch amongst the teams, so it could be different. But right now we're paired up with Michigan. Um, so kind of interesting there. Maybe we're the ones that get rid of Jim Harbaugh. Um, okay, let's move on from college football. Uh, let's talk a little bit about NFL. Um, how'd your Chiefs do this weekend? Good. They were the safe bet in eliminators. I tried to uh, tell people that. A couple people listened, a couple people didn't. Uh, really just kind of a stats-packing game against the Jets. Uh, faked, a fun, faked a punt on fourth down and just not something that most teams would do against the Jets, but uh they're not going the Jets were running the ball down 33 points in the fourth quarter so I don't think they're taking it too hard but looks good did what they were supposed to do covered the spread they covered that what was it like 21 uh opening was 19 and a half I saw all the way up to 22 which is pretty crazy I don't know if the Steelers play the Jets this week so we might see another spread somewhat close to that but yeah, they played well. They're, they'll have a tougher matchup this week against the Panthers. Uh, Bucks coming off a big win on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, I was, I was just pissed off last night because I've never. I tweeted this out too for those who, uh, those are my loyal followers. Um, speaking of Twitter, I need to be better on the Bang Podcast Twitter. I need to, I need to get more Tristan Wirfs news out there, Hawkeye news. I need to be better. So I apologize to our our fandom. Um, as for the Bucks, you know, I was just I was just kind of pissed off the whole game because it reminded me a lot of the Bears game. Um, the Giants, I don't know how I feel about the Giants. Danny Dimes can be good at times, but then he'll just make like a couple ridiculous mistakes that cost him the game. Now the Bucks have a good defense. We know that losing Vita Vea hurts them though because the Giants actually ran the ball on him a little bit last night. With um, Alfred Morris, remember when Alfred Morris was in the backfield with Robert Griffin? That was kind of a, a sick backfield. Shout the out to any What's the that? Famous, uh, wiffle ball bat celebration uh, for his touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to any Redskins or sorry, uh, Washington um, professional football team fans that listen to this podcast. I don't know, Grady. Do you know any? <laughs> Not that listen to this podcast. I don't think. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You would have heard my call out last weekend about never mind. Um, anyway, so it reminded me a lot of the Bears game, you know, but cleaned up penalties. The defense played pretty well. Um, the offense was a little bit slow moving. Rojo 
and Leonard Fournette kind of were trading off. Rojo fumbled at the beginning of the game, kind of hurt him. They pulled it out. Danny Dimes threw a uh, pretty nice touchdown to Golden Tate right at the end. And there was the controversial pass interference with uh, on the two-point conversion with Antoine Winfield. He probably got there a little bit early. Danny Dimes ain't getting that call. It just is what it is. Um, no recover on the onside kick. And now they have the Saints next weekend. And so I think the big news is Antonio Brown getting going. Um, if Godwin can stay healthy, which he hasn't proven that he can't, um, Antonio Brown, Godwin, Mike Evans, name a better receiver trio ever than that. Um, all on the same team or like on a all-star pro bowl team. All on the same team. I don't know if you can. <laughs> and don't come at me with Chase Claypool and Juju. I don't want to hear none of that crap. But uh, name name what? I mean, Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens played on the same team at one point. But uh, yeah, uh, that that's that's tough. That's I was Hill and Kelsey are good, but they're missing that third. Uh, yeah, third Pringle ain't getting it done for him. I can tell you that. Yeah, and Watkins is solid, but he's not in the other areas, those guys. I am, I, as someone who is on the Antonio Brown waiver wire signing for fantasy football teams early, I, I really hope he does well. I think he can scoot right into that Scotty Miller spot and just uh, go off, hopefully. Look, Mr. Big Chest is beating out Scotty Miller for that third receiver spot. I'm, I'm telling you right now. That, that, <laughs> That's his nickname. I don't know if you know that. Um, I like Scotty. It kind of stinks, though, because the Bucks have three younger receivers. So I'm like, damn, I wish they get more playing time. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm cool with, if Antonio Brown keeps his shit together, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. I'm cool with that. You know, you, I think most people would be cool with that. Uh, but Scotty Miller, Kyler Johnson, and oh, my gosh, his name is slipping me. The kid who run, returns punts and played well last night. Yeah, what is eighty-five or eighty? Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna look up his name. Maybe I can find it here very quick. But uh, look, they have young receivers that uh, Mickens. Mickens is his name. They have young receivers that I like, but I'd rather have those guys. So uh, played well. Play the Saints next weekend. Um, I think the Bucks. I saw were a five-point favorite. Um, it's in. It's in Raymond James. Um, so we'll see. They, the Saints got them the first week. I think the Bucks. the Saints have not impressed me much as of late. And who knows what's going on with their Mike Thomas situation. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But good for the Bucks. You know, I think they're one of the top teams in the NFC. I think we're uh, going to give our midweek um, divisional predictions here, who's going to win each division, and then a Super Bowl pick today. But I also wanted to hit on this, too. Um, I kind of prepared you for it the other day, but uh, over the weekend, me and ASAP and Drizzy were talking about in our lifetimes. So probably going all the way back to when we started watching NFL, way early 2000s, maybe the late 90s at, at, the, at the earliest, who at the following positions, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, who are the top players who you've seen the entire span of their career? And so I'm going to give you mine, and then I want you to go. But I, we had some interesting debate about it. We also tried to name every NBA team who won a championship from 2020 all the way back to 2000. Try doing that after having these platinum seltzers. It's, it was pretty tough. So uh, <laughs> so mine was – my quarterback was Brady. Uh, I, I, there was an argument for Peyton. 
Um, he was really the only other one even probably close to contention. I'm sorry, Pat Mahomes is, is, is not even close yet, Grady, so don't even think about it. Um, running back was all day, Adrian Peterson. And I think my receiver, this one slipped me a little bit. I think I picked Calvin Johnson. Uh, some other options, Julio. Um, just, I think Randy Moss got thrown out there. I don't remember the start of Randy Moss's career. Ocho Cinco, potentially. I, I don't know. He was good. T.O. barely saw the start. Probably don't remember it that much. So mine was Calvin Johnson. I, I, he was just a game breaker. Um, you could throw it up to him. He would catch the ball always. So what do you think? Give me your three quarterback, running back, receiver. Yeah, yours would be hard to dispute, but I have to dis- dispute the first one. And we saw him play in person. And again, this guy followed him his whole career, top-notch player, Jake Locker, I think has to be be in the running of a guy that we watched his full career (laughs) unfold and just a top-notch player. All right. That's incredible. All right. I'll give you my – go. Who's your running back? (laughs) Uh, Next, I just just can't believe you, you went past this guy. Third on the all-time rushing list, just racks up points week after week for as a backup on the fantasy squad of every bad commissioner in America. I'm going to go with Frank Gore as the best running back we have seen. Uh, Welcome to any arguments on that. Look, Frank, you, you make a joke about that. The guy's played football for 18 years. It's insane. He's a beast. And he's still out there with Sammy Darnold, just sucking it up every week. It's, it, it's something else. So good for Frank. I'm not going to argue him or Locker. I think those two are some electric picks. Give me a receiver. One more point on Frank. The only person that I think has the best uh, first year in the league picture to, to current picture in the league, as opposed to me, who did that my first year teaching and this in year uh, five of te- or year six of teaching, is Frank Gore. So I, I would encourage everyone to look up his first year picture as opposed to right now. And there is no age difference whatsoever. All right. Uh, all right. Receiver, uh, try to be funny. Think of some names, but I think, uh, I think Megatron's the, the correct pick here. I, I just, I, I feel for him a little bit. I think Julio eventually will surpass him. Um, but he's just as a as a Lions player his whole career as someone that did not benefit from uh, the what is a catch rule uh, against the Bears that year. Um, I I just think he's really good. I got to see him play in person one time at the Metrodome, and the the dude's just uh, it's almost like he's another species. But Grady, Grady, I'm okay with that pick. How do you not choose Buena Vista's own Ken Burrell Tompkins? <laughs> well, I, I don't think Ken Burrell's uh, career is over. I think the best is yet to come. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I like it. All right, well, that, that's good. We had some nice debate over the weekend about that. Um, you know, if, uh, if you want to interact with our Twitter and send us your three why don't you go ahead and do that? And we'll, me and Grady will take a look and we'll let you know which ones are our favorite for those who follow us on social. I think we got 25 Twitter followers. We're getting a lot of <laughs> um, 
follow, please uh, share and like our podcast and give her five stars on, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, so let's go on to uh, pick our division winners. I think we wanted to jump in at week eight and halfway through the season and give those. Why don't we list off a division? We'll give our picks. We'll discuss. We'll move on. Let's do that. I'm going to go first, and then you can go first next division. I wanted to start with the AFC East. It's a close race right now. I think the Patriots are out of it. I really do. I don't think I, even Bill Belichick came out this week and said, someone was like, oh, Belichick doesn't make excuses. You know, he came on this radio show. Belichick came on and made excuses. That's what he was doing. They're done this year. Belichick waved the white flag this week and he said, look, we went all in for Super Bowls and now our roster sucks is what he said. I'm not even paraphrasing those as words. Um, I am choosing over the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, Matt Hawk's own team to come out and win this division. I think the defense has played better. I think that there's some pieces on their offense. And I think Tua is going to be better. You know, he had a rough outing his first go. But there's a reason he was picked so high. The kid's got an accurate arm. He can move a little bit. And uh, he's got Fitzpatrick for, uh, for a solid backup. So uh, I, I have the Miami Dolphins winning the AFC East this year. Brian Flores. I, uh, <clears throat> I can't disagree with you. I still have the Bills as one of the playoff teams from the division as well but uh I agree everything you said Matt Hack uh best punter in the league Matt Hawk sorry um Brian Flores I think is a coach of the year candidate and I think Tua will play good enough for them to win and they get to play the Patriots again at least once they get to play the Bills I think again at least once and who have not been impressive you know they've been winning but I'm sorry, our Bills fans that listen to this podcast, but the, the, the Bills, you know, it's all about winning in the NFL. I suppose you got to go that route. You, if you're winning games, you're, you're doing the right stuff, even if they're ugly. But uh, they haven't been as, as impressive as they were the first four weeks, the Bills for sure. So remaining Dolphins schedule, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals, Patriots, Raiders, Bills. All winnable games in my mind. The only one that's not is the Chiefs, but they play the Chiefs at Miami. So that's, I think that's a good pick for a division winner. Wow. That is a hell of a schedule. Yeah. Okay. You want to uh, go into the AFC West? That's yeah. the next one I have down. Lead her off. I mean, pretty simple. I, I, I have this as my uh, circled team in the uh, AFC, which means, in my opinion, they're going to get the bye when it comes to playoffs. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Going to be in title contention, I, I think, again. Got to keep some guys healthy. Um, won some games they shouldn't have won this year. Remaining schedule is not awesome but still have uh, the Panthers this week and then get their bye so it can get healthy in two weeks and then kind of finish up down the stretch. It is a tough stretch um, playing their second divisional games against the Chargers and Broncos. They also have the Saints on the schedule uh, as well as the Buccaneers. So nothing guaranteed, but I think for sure double digit wins going to be easy division winners and Hopefully good enough to get a bye, but a lot of that has to do with the Steelers' schedule. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I don't think I disagree with anything on that. Um, 
Yeah. I, I, is there two buy spots this year? The playoffs are, how does that work this year? Two teams get a buy out of each conference still though, right? Uh, I believe it's only one because they're letting an extra team in. So according oh, to my yeah, there's seven teams out of each yeah. side this year. So, okay. So you have the chiefs getting the one buy in the playoffs, huh? Correct. I'd agree with that. I'm uh, I'm okay with that pick. Um, I might, I might disagree with my own pick once looking at the Steelers schedule. Oh my gosh. I just pulled it up. Um, I still think the chiefs will do it. Okay. I still, <laughs> I don't know if the Chiefs are going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read off my AFC North picks remaining schedule here. Okay. Dallas, who Dallas is trying to start. I, who is Dallas trying to start this weekend at quarterback? I don't know. They Andy got, Dalton today has COVID uh, protocol, so yeah. not him. And then our, uh, our, our fellow uh, – I don't even know. The kid from JMU was was not very good on Sunday. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to bring Jamarcus Russell back or what they're going to do. So Cowboys is their next game. Bengals, a little bit of faith in Joe Burrow. Jacksonville, Baltimore on Thanksgiving night. Washington football team, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Indianapolis Colts, Cleveland Browns. I don't see them losing more than two of those games. That's... They're they're in a they're in a great position. Game against the Ravens was pretty much back and forth, but yeah, there's it's it's really their buy to lose, and that that's not good for the Chiefs. But it, I still think them against the Chiefs, no matter where that game's played, I, I like their chances. Yeah, I I think Pittsburgh has benefited from not an easier schedule, but uh, that's a good team. I mean, they have a good defense. Minka Fitzpatrick is an elite safety. Uh, Little Watt is good. Um, TJ Watt. So I think they lost Devin Bush, which sucks because Devin Bush was playing out of his mind. But um, remember when Devin Bush got thrown out of the Iowa game for targeting? Uh, <laughs> Iowa, Michigan. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers as my, my buy pick. I, that schedule just I, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs can beat him in the playoffs. But and Big Ben, you know how much faith do you have in him anymore? Amani Hooker picked him off when the Titans played him, um, and that actually leads me well. And so the Steelers, my AFC North pick. Uh, who are your? Who's your AFC North uh, Steelers? I'm assuming. Yeah, and uh, I also have the Ravens as one of the other playoff teams. Okay. Division. So. Gotcha. Um, that leads me to AFC South. Desmond King's new football team. Um, so. Uh, two uh two Hawkeyes back there in that secondary I think the Titans win the AFC South that one's actually neck and neck right now they the Colts are in it uh the Texans are out pretty much and the Jags are out so it's a two pretty much a two-man race what do you think Titans or Colts this is where we have our first disagreement I took the Colts I liked what I saw from them this weekend as opposed to the Titans against the Bengals that being said uh, I think Joe Burrow's in a better spot probably than Matt Stafford, just quarterback-wise. But you look at Joe Burrow's weapons compared to Matt Stafford's. I know Galladay was out uh, and will be again this week. But I took the Colts, but I also had – so my division winners were Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Colts, and then other playoff teams in the AFC were Bills, Ravens, and Titans. So okay. all the teams that – Basically, Dolphins overtaking the Bills and Colts overtaking the Titans. 
all those teams are going to make the playoffs, I believe. Really, the only other conversation would be from the Chiefs division. Could the Raiders, Broncos, or Chargers surpass one of them? I don't see it, especially because two of those teams have to play the Chiefs again. But I don't know what make your argument for the Titans. I uh, I think I I honestly do think adding Desmond King to that secondary makes it a little, their their defense hasn't played well. I mean Derrick Henry's great, Canell's played well. Um, I think adding Desmond King, who I don't know for whatever reason it just didn't work out in in, um, in San Diego slash Los Angeles, and he's a great tackler. We've always known Desmond King's a really good tackler. He's a good. Uh, He's a good corner too. He, I mean, he, he won the Jim Thorpe award. He was an all pro at one point. I think adding him to that secondary helps a little bit. They needed that help. Um, it's weird that their defensive line isn't better. They have some good defensive linemen. That uh, Simmons is good from Mississippi state. I think they'll, I think they'll turn the corner. I think their coach is a good defensive coach as well. I think they'll, they'll get better as the season goes on. And I can't get on the Phillip rivers train for Indianapolis. I just can't do it. He, uh, he's too hit or miss. He's been bad at some points this year. He had a good game last week, but, um, I, I just won't hop on the Phillip Rivers train. So that's, that's, that's my heart. That's probably the biggest reason why I'm not picking them. That's very fair. I guess I have more faith in their defense. Uh, and I haven't looked at their remaining schedule. Maybe I will quick. Uh, play the Titans twice in that span. So this division winner will come from, you know, those two games. Also yep. play the Packers. Texans twice should be two wins. Steelers, no. Jags, yes. So it's it's probably up in the air. Maybe I'll look at the Titans real quick. Um, we got the Bears next. That's all I see right here. Yeah, Bears next. Colts twice. Like I said, ooh, they're at the Ravens. Play the Browns. Lions. Yeah, I like Packers. They have the Jags as well, but to me, it, the Colts look like a better pick as at this point. All right, we'll see what happens. I'm 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 down to I'm down to roll with my pick still. Um, let's roll to the NFC. Uh, start with let's go let's go NFC East last, just because that's the worst and kind of most fun to predict. Because I think, well, I don't think all four teams could win. I I have one pick, but. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Let's start at the NFC East. I got the Eagles. Uh, I really looked at Washington here, as I do know. I, I thought about it. A few fans of the football team, but I just can't. I, I do think Kyle Allen puts them in a better position, weirdly, but they they do not want to make the playoffs this year. I, I know Riverboat Ron does, just so he can mess up people's sports gambling habits, but uh, I mean, the Eagles have, I think, probably the best coach, question mark, and best quarterback, question mark. So you probably got to pick them. I mean, your starting quarterbacks in the division are Kyle Allen, Danny Dimes, and whoever's going to start for the Cowboys. <laughs> That's brutal. And like I said, I, I think Daniel Jones weirdly can do some stuff. And like, what's Carson Wentz doing? What is he doing? He's, he's just, he's a conundrum. Like he's got, he's kind of like Spencer Petrus. No, that's a pretty bad comparison. Yeah. Can um, I give you, can I give you a hot take on Carson Wentz? Yeah. How hot is it? 
Uh, I, probably something you haven't heard. All right, so, let's hear it. Carson Wentz is the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you think he's just going to like do nothing for 15 years and then randomly bounce around to different teams and like win four games and then get benched? Uh, I'm more speaking on the aspect of I could see a huge beard at some point in his career and just wildly inconsistent. And I'm not always sure what he's going to wear to the post-game presser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm all right with that. I don't We should have just done like a quarterback comparison, maybe next episode or one of these episodes. We'll do that. Um, He's just Carson Wentz is just a conundrum though. He just, he does some crazy good things and makes these ridiculous throws. I remember against the giants that remember they drove down the field and he hits his uh, Boston Scott, like on this ridiculous throw to win the game. But then he's just like, he's hanging onto the ball and like fumbling like 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, just doing the, the dumbest shit. So someone's got to win the division. Um, can I, can I, quickly sorry we're spending like five minutes on this division argument against the eagles you're gonna go schedule here so who who yeah. has the schedule so eagles remaining schedule has seahawks saints cardinals and browns along with two other division opponents now then i look at washington steelers seahawks 49ers Panthers so I don't know if they're necessarily the pick either so now I go to Cowboys uh Ravens and 49ers every oh Steelers Ravens 49ers every other game as poor as the Cowboys are is actually winnable so I just have no idea what if was the trade deadline today? Can no one yeah, make it? It's, it's done. It's done. Uh, like, why would the Cowboys not trade for like Jameis Winston? Like, wow. at least give us something to watch, you know? Even Fitzpatrick, your guy. Like, exactly. There's, there's some dudes on some rosters that can play football. Yeah. I, so I don't know. I'd still like the Eagles pick. Let Let's get off of this division before we talk about it any longer. Yeah. All right. Go uh, back to Danny Dimes. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right nfc west go uh seahawks did not have them circled i think they're one of the better teams this is actually probably the most competitive top to bottom division but i think the 49ers are going to mail it in here because of injuries what do you think they're a good football team and they just literally lost everybody so i got seattle too uh dk metcalf best receiver in the nfl i have him on I got lucky this year in fantasy. I just picked up some dudes in all my teams. Um, DK is damn good though. He just, he's every week. He's just like, it's pretty crazy to make other NFL players look like little boys. That's what he does. I like Kyler in Arizona. I like the Rams sometimes. Aaron Donald's a freak. Jared Goff's two hit or miss. Seahawks are going to do it. They're too good. Uh, let Russ cook. Um, what about um, what, what's up from that division? I also had the Cardinals and Rams making the playoffs. Yeah, so. three teams in the division. Okay, Let's they're go. good. They're all, all three of them are good teams. NFC North. I had the Packers. Who do you have? 
Yeah, I don't think there's an argument. I mean, maybe there's something there for the Lions and the and the and the and the Bears. It's, it's weird because the Bears are what one game behind, but it's just like it seems like they have no chance. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard people, I've heard some different podcasts and stuff argue like put Trubisky back in. Like you know you're desperate if you're just like arguing to put Mitchy, Mitchy Biscuits back in. So I don't know. Um Vikings are really the only Kirk Cousins is just terrible this year, but you can't count out Aaron Rodgers. I think that they will win this division. I think the Bears might fall off here eventually without looking at their schedule. Their defense is good. I mean, their defense handled Tampa. They did a really nice job on Tampa, and Foles made enough plays. If their defense can play at an elite level, there's maybe a chance, but I think it just has to be the Packers, whose defense is questionable. So it's just, I don't know, it's a weird division. The argument against the Bears is their remaining schedule is not great, but they do play the Packers two more times. So that division yeah. is going to be settled, and I don't think the second-place team, in my mind, is going to make the playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, right, last one, NFC South. I think Bucks are the easy pick here, uh, and I had the Saints making the playoffs. Anything to add or any argument? Nope. Are they your number one seed then? They were. I had them circled. I actually think they are a pretty serious Super Bowl contender if they stay healthy. It's just crazy to me because this is the same, literally the same roster minus Leonard Fournette and Tristan Wirfs. They had the same roster last year. And, and I've Tom, told people this. Tom Brady wasn't on the team last year. Okay, yeah. That, that, that makes a little bit of a difference. Oh, you had Tom and Jameis screwed up. I, I do that all the time too. I, I don't know how, but. I got glasses and I just I have a hard time seeing. <laughs> so um, does Jameis. <laughs> look, last year, and I don't even hate Jameis that much. Like Jameis had a terrible, like they're often adding worse. I'm telling you, this is a Tristan Wirfs podcast. He's the best tackle in the NFL. Um, I don't even hate Jameis, but Tom is just like, he does something to this team where like, I think he makes the whole team play harder. Uh, he's got this, he still has this like competitive fire where he comes over to the sideline. He's just pissed off. Like anytime something bad happens and Tom like misses throws. And sometimes he gets mad at guys when he shouldn't get mad at guys. Like he just missed, like he got, I think it was Mickens last night who was running a, a route across the field and Tom just like overthrew him, but he's mad at Mickens cause he wants like Mickens to run faster. And it was like, the guy was like sprinting as hard as he could. So it's just interesting to watch Tom, but I think these guys are really good. I really do. Levante David. I love the linebackers, Devin White. I'm a little concerned. I know they're good at stopping the run, but I'm a little concerned about the run defense still without Vita Vea. But the secondary is good. They have one guy, Jamel Dean, I'm a little worried about, but uh, they're legit, man. They, they can stop you on defense. They can, they can lock up your receivers with Carlton Davis and Murphy Bunting. They got fast linebackers. I, I just talked about the defense right there and they're adding Antonio Brown and Godwin hopefully can get healthy and Mike Evans. That's, that's a Super Bowl team right there to me. And I think that leads us into our Super Bowl picks. So this is our mid season week eight Super Bowl picks. Maybe we'll make them at the start of the playoffs again, to, uh, again, too. I have playing in Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the AFC's best team the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I think I think uh, Big Ben makes few enough mistakes to get him there, and it's all about not turning the ball over, playing great defense, and that's what you got to do in the playoffs in the cold. Um, so Buck Steelers. I don't know if the Chiefs have a good enough defense this year. They have Matthew. They have Chris Jones. My brother, my brother's a big Chiefs fan. I just think that the Steelers' defense plus their young receivers, I think they get there. Buck Steelers. So I'm going to make kind of a weird argument quickly. And sorry, we're probably taking more time in the NFL than you wanted. But... That's right. <laughs> so – my understanding of the NFL playoff bracket, and I'm sure we'll get, I'll get ripped on this uh, if this isn't correct. First round gets a bye, but then they would technically play the worst division winner against the best wild card team because that would technically be the four or five game. Does that make sense? Yes. And then on the bottom of the bracket. So let's say the chiefs uh, are the bye. Okay. So the chiefs then would play probably depending on records, dolphins and Ravens or like bills, Colts or Titans, dolphins or Colts dolphins. Is, is my theory sounding correct with the one playing the 4-5 game? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, to me, that's a tougher – it is off a of bye, which with Andy Reid and most good coaches does make a difference. But technically, you're playing the better team in the second round than you would normally. Does that make sense? It makes sense what you're saying. Is it, I get what you're saying – is it right though? Like that doesn't seem right. That's so I'm trying to think of what the bottom half of the bracket might look like. If the chiefs were the two seed, that would mean they would probably play someone anyway, like the Titans or bills and then play the winner of like Colts, Colts, dolphins or Colts Titans. So I don't know. That's the, the big thing is no matter they're one or two, they're at home at least a game, probably for two games, if they're the two seed and then they'd have to travel to Pittsburgh, I still think they can come out of that. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs in the AFC. Sorry for my rant. NFC is just a bloodbath. And a year that I don't think home field advantage means as much, I, I honestly – no disrespect to you and the Bucks. Seahawks are going to be the one or two seed, and I see them coming out of it. So I'm going to go Chiefs Seahawks. Russ has been there, but so is Brady. I agree, and and Brady's roster is probably better. Again, this is this is a a year where like playing in Seattle would be so much harder, non-COVID, but uh, that's just not going to happen. So they. Uh... You know, the Seahawks defense was shaky, but they just added the, the guy from Cincinnati. Can't think of his name. They've added some pieces on defense, though. I mean, they have Bobby Wagner. They have the dude from Cincinnati, Dunlap, um, and Jamal Adams. Like, there's some pieces on that defense if they, they get them, if they get and play well. And they, I mean, they played well this past weekend, too. I mean, the Niners lost about every one of their players, but um, okay, let's stick with those. 
let's learn more about the NFL playoff bracket because clearly we're a little confused on it. <laughs> but um, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with it uh, going into week nine. The NFL, NFL season just goes way too fast every year. Yeah. Um, any quick, let's finish up on NFL. Anything fantasy-wise happened to you crazy this weekend? I went 3-0. and I have three leagues. Um, just just smoked everybody I played. What happened to you? That's Maybe I'll just have a quick segment every week if it's okay with you, just on a horror story, because I'm in eight leagues and something. something <laughs> How many leagues are you in? Eight leagues. You are a joke. Probably five of them are serious. But You're in anyway. eight fantasy football leagues. I just learned that about you. All right. Well, that wasn't the horror story. Let me get to the horror oh, story. Okay. okay. So I go into last night feeling pretty good. I, I mean, at that point, I'm probably projected to lose in one league. And then one night it goes from one to three losses because I went five and three this week, which most people that they'd be very happy and I am happy, but I'm still like, uh, just, just grinds my gears anyway. So last night in one league, uh, the Farley league, actually, I'm ahead by <laughs> basically 30 points going into last night and the guy on the other team I'm done keep in mind my quarterback for the week was Baker Mayfield who did horrible Kareem Hunt didn't do anything and the Packers defense got me zero so I'm ahead by 30 and if I get this win like this is big because you know as a serious fantasy football guy every week's important you need every week so all of this guy has left is Mike Evans and Sterling Shepard, and he gets 31.9 points. <laughs> I, lose. I lose by basically 0. 0.4, 0.44 is what I lost by. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. Wouldn't trade it for anything, but uh, it I all comes down. For you. I feel bad for you, but you shouldn't be in eight leagues. <laughs> That's the horror story. That's, hey, any kids listening at home, don't do that ever. Don't ever do that. Yeah, I don't, agree and it's too many. Yeah, don't do it to yourself. I uh, I don't really see myself ever being in less than eight, though, because I don't know. I just I love it. But you must have a lot of friends. Um, I, some of my league, some of my friends are in multiple leagues. So just brutal, just brutal. Um. All right, I want to do a NBA. We promised the listeners a mock draft. We promised them a mock draft for the NBA. I, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I want to do that. I want to cover some quick NBA news. Daryl Morey to the Sixers. Yep. Um, the Houston Rockets are saying that they, they're not going to trade for Harden. I think somehow are they going to trade Harden. I think the Sixers somehow get Harden. Um, I want to start with this quick, though. Did you see – like the city uniforms dropping for the NBA teams. I did see some of them. Uh, the Golden State Warriors one I saw. It, it's a uh, replica of the We Believe jerseys. What, what caught your eye? Um, those. The Nets one is a joke. Um, it's like a. It's like it looks like kind of like an ocean breeze. I don't know where they're they're getting that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They're going to be a weird team this year. Um, the Oakland ones are sick. Everybody check out the Portland Trailblazers one. Um, I know we have at least one Portland Trailblazers fan that listens to this podcast. So go check that one out. It says Oregon on the front. That's kind of sick. That's Oregon's team. In case you didn't know where Portland was. Um, 
those are really the only ones that stood out to me. I saw a few others, but um, the We Believe ones are sick. I just like bashing on the Warriors, so no way I'll pick it as my favorite. Um, the Nets are trying to replicate the Phoenix Suns team from 2007, but on their coaching staff. So they have Steve Nash at head coach, assistant coaches Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire. So I'm guessing next up comes Boris Diaw, Leandro Barbosa, Rajah Bell, and Joe Johnson. So I'm guessing they're going to round their staff out with those guys. Um, any, any thoughts on that? Kind of badass, kind of random. Not sure how it's going to work. Kyrie's kind of insane. KD can't stop tweeting. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I think as a very, very, very minimally experienced coach, um, I think Nash is going to do great. Amari, I think as long as he was in the league and working with Steve Nash, I think it is going to be good. Uh, a guy like Raja Bell would be a huge asset to this team, I think. But he's, he's kick ass. He does that ringer podcast. He's pretty good. Yeah. But I just don't think where he's at in his current uh, life point with kind of some young kids, he's probably not ready to get the amount of time. I'll just be interested to see with uh, Dan Tony being an assistant, how effective he can be and how much attention that kind of gets. Is that going to be a thing where it works out and Dan Tony does a really good job, or is that going to be a thing where if they struggle, there's going to be a rumor mill that Dan Tony should take over? I don't know. I see those guys being on the same page, but uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Like, who what's going to happen if things go wrong and. Those, I mean, those guys got to be boys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that'd be a weird thing to happen. But it, it's also a business. And the problem is that narrative or whatever you want to call it comes from people outside. I don't think any of that will come from inside because, like you said, I think they are probably boys and respect each other a lot. But I will be interested to see with the Steve Nash team and basically a reincarnation of an older team to see if they try and play stylistically the same way that team played or the same way Dan Tony's teams played in Houston, yeah. or if they kind of bring this new, again, I don't, I don't see KD and Kyrie as kind of playing that way, but I don't know. You, you just never know that people, you never know how much analytics are going to play into it. And I don't know. We'll just see. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I hope the, the season start date, what are you hearing about that? I don't What's going on? Uh, it's been back and forth. They're voting this week on December 22nd or something like that. So that's coming up. But uh, I think if they, the players are pushing back on it, I think if they don't do that, then they'll pick uh, MLK Day, which probably makes more sense for the teams that play deep into the bubble. But um, we'll see. I just want them to play like at least like 60 games or something like that, you know, get a decent season. And they're doing that plan tournament. It sounds like too. So like the seven through 10 teams, which it was weird doing it this year. I understand why they did it because of the bubble and everything. But if you like make it known at the beginning of the season that the seven through 10 teams are going to be in this plan tournament, even if there's a big gap of games, like between the 10 and seven teams, and it doesn't seem fair, like, get the six seed. You know what I mean? So I think it makes perfect sense to do the seven through 10 tournament, makes it more competitive. It gets your 
borderline Charlotte's, your Memphis's, even like in the West, like a Blazers is going to end up there, you know, or like, I don't, I don't know, just one of those random teams, Kings maybe. Um, it kind of showcases them a little bit more too. So interested to see how that goes. I'm excited for that, but um, I want to do a few fun little things here with the NBA. So I want to do our mock draft. I have my stats of the week, um, but I also saw, I have a couple tweets of the week from the NBA as well. Um, going back to the Nets really quick. Gosh, this is so hard to do without the picture. There's a picture on it. Remember Amari Stoudemire used to take baths in wine? Yeah. So go search this on Twitter. It's it's stupid if I can't actually show you the picture. So not funny, but the picture was uh, Kyrie going in to meet the new coaching staff and he opens the door and there's a Amari Stoudemire sitting in a hot tub full of wine saying, come on in Kyrie or something like that. Go check it out on Twitter. Pretty funny. Um, so just this past week, 17 years ago, LeBron James made his debut uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was very interested to read <laughs> Uh, I knew some of the players that played on this team, but I, uh, I want to challenge you <laughs> to name as many players as possible on the Cleveland Cavaliers team that LeBron played his first game on. I bet you can, I don't know if I, you can name any, I'm sure you maybe can do a few. Why don't you just go name as many as you can, and then I'll read off the list for you. Oh, I can't name any. That's oh the haters. If, if I was you and I, and I put my, my brain in your head, I bet you could, I bet we could get four. Oh, okay. Um, Ilgauskas. Yeah. Um, I'll give you LeBron because he's on the roster. Okay. Uh, Larry Hughes. Nope. Booby Gibson. Nope. Verajal. He was not on this team yet. So this was what year? This was 2003. Jeez, that's a while ago. Um, Delonte West. He was not on this team. There's a guy, and it'll give it away. <laughs> this, yeah. this is tough. Um, yeah. All-star, former Utah and Chicago Bulls power forward, played on this team. Uh, Boozer? Boozer. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was too much of a hint. Yeah. Can you give me a college of any guy and if they were like a good college player? I'm not going to give you the college, but this guy got his own rebound on purpose. He went and shot on the wrong basket, got his own rebound on purpose to get a triple-double. If I give you the college, you'll know who it is. Yeah, gosh, who was that? I can see it in my head, but I can't it used to remember. be fun to play with on NBA Live back in the day. It was a good dunker. I think he was in a dunk contest at one point. Uh, I, this isn't right, but I'll just guess Antonio McDice. No, nah, it's Ricky Davis. Okay. Former Iowa graduate. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that would have given it away. Um, Sagana Jop was on this team. Of course. Jason Capono. Uh, Darius Miles was on this team. Kevin Ollie, former UConn coach. Yep. And Juwan Wagner. Um, those are the names I recognize. The other names... Bruno Sundov, Ira Nubel, uh, Chris Mim, Jelani McCoy. What a team. Uh, what a roster. So just interesting. I thought that was kind of funny to see. Let's hit up. I, I think I, the last thing we should do is our NBA draft, if that's okay with you. Yep. Um, so let's do our NBA Guess That Player of the Week. Perfect. This is going to be our uh, 
a guard related one. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, this first player is from the Western Conference. He averaged 13 points, four rebounds, and 8.8 assists last season. So he's a, he's a big assist guy. Uh, stay focused on that. Western Conference, 13 points, four rebounds, 8.8 assists. Hmm. Uh, initially, I was thinking like Eric Gordon, but he did not have that many assists per game, I don't believe. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I think, would have a little bit more scoring. 13, 4, and 8. So not many. Uh, who's the Phoenix Suns point guard? Probably not. Uh, we'll go with Lonzo as the first guess. Lonzo is incorrect. Um, it's Ricky Rubio. So you win. Oh, <laughs> 13 points, four rebounds, eight assists for Ricky Rubio. He had a good season. That's a lot of assists. Yeah. That's. We're going to flip over to the Eastern Conference for this next player. 16 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Still thinking guards or not? Well, it's got to be eight assists, right? 16. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Very good guess again. I think Lowry had more scoring. This is Ben Simmons. Ooh. Okay. 16, 7, and 8. I thought Ben would have had more scoring, but he was at 16 last regular season. I would have thought he had more rebounds, but yeah. Uh, this last player. 26, 4, and 5, a Western Conference player. Ooh, big scorer. Um, 26 a game. So this guy's nearing the, the elite status. 4 and 5. I uh, got to keep my street cred up. We'll go... Gosh, I'm between McCollum and uh, Booker. I'll go with Booker. Nice. He got one. <laughs> Let's go. McCollum was the one I, I saw that stat line, and I'm like, CJ McCollum right there. Just a guy who's minimal rebounds. Maybe he tossed the ball around a bit to Dame, but 26 points is nice. Um, nice work. That's that's a better week than you had last week. Last week was a little bit rough. Yeah. Kevin Love really stumped you last week. Um, okay. So we are down to our NBA draft. I, I started off last week. I did a little research on these guys. And what I did was I looked up some player comparisons, some NBA player comparisons that other people have made. So not quite my research. I did watch some, some highlights on Edwards and Wiseman and Obi top and a little bit. Um, but maybe we just go back and forth. I'm going to give you, I'm going to take the first pick and give you the second pick because you got the dubs at number two. Okay. Uh, you can trade if you want. Um, and this is just going to be based on our best guesses, the best fit with the team. Uh, so I have the Timberwolves first. We got um, D'Angelo Russell on that team, Cat, and some role players. Those are, are going to be your stars, though. That's who, I'm, that's who I'm linking this up with. I had a, I had a hard time with this first one just because – you know, what do you do? D'Angelo Russell is your big scoring guy. I don't think you can go LaMelo ball here. That would be an absolute nightmare pairing those two together. So I, uh, I watched Anthony Edwards 
He's a little bit sloppy on defense from what I saw, but I think I'm going to go Anthony Edwards, number one, overall, Georgia, good player, really, you know, this sounds weird. And I looked, the player comparison was Zach Levine that I saw. He actually reminded me of like a hardened light. Like he, he does a lot of this, like, he kind of is a ball dominant guy who's strong around the rim, but he's also got like a weird stroke. Like when he was hitting his threes, like he was like nailing his threes, like a wet shot. So I like Anthony Edwards, number one, overall. Um, what do you got at number two? That's, that's a good pick. So I'm the Golden State Warriors. I have a pretty loaded squad, not much depth. So I either pick someone that I think can add to the uh, current state. Probably this is not, I mean, I am betting on the future a little bit, but if the future doesn't work out, it's okay. So you selecting Anthony Edwards kind of makes me want to trade the pick. I think the two people we're thinking of here are Edwards or James Wiseman out of Memphis, but I also think Wiseman is too big of a too big of a question mark to to draft in this spot. So I'm actually going to trade the pick. Uh, and again, this is where things get a little bit messy. So I'll trade with someone. I think we'll go ten or twelve picks. So I'm going to trade with someone outside the top uh, outside the top twelve. And You're I'm going to trade our draft order, then, aren't you? No, I'm I'm just going to trade this pick. Okay. And I'm going to trade with probably someone that is going to give up too much for too much uncertainty. So I'm going to trade with Orlando at 15 and Orlando from 15 going up to two is going to take LaMelo ball (laughs) as a, as someone to pull in tickets. I think he could actually be a, below average to average NBA player who knows with what Trey Young's doing. I think this is not a player. I want to hear your LaMelo ball comparison in a minute, but he's at least someone that pulls some tickets in when we get to uh, have the games on again. Uh, His brother is not a great NBA player, but has stayed in the league for more than a couple years. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Who does Orlando trade? Do they give him Aaron Gordon to to Golden State, or what, how does what's uh, Golden State getting back? That's uh, yeah. I'll just I'll go with they trade it for uh, Aaron Gordon. Go into a total rebuild. Aaron Gordon becomes the next Draymond Green 2.0. Uh, I think it's gonna put him over the cap, but I don't think we're probably too cap focused on this. Yeah draft I, I don't know even someone like do they have any young i should Obama. yeah their, their front court is packed they have uh that isaac jonathan isaac terrence ross they have vucevic gordon they have too many bigs you're giving them a big essentially yeah i i could see someone like jonathan isaac but again he's coming off an of injury I don't know. Maybe there's another team involved. I see future draft picks coming out of this. Maybe they feel pretty good with the core that they have. I like uh, that Mo Bamba. Let's give him Mo Bamba. Yeah. All right. That's that's who's your uh, Lamelo comparison? I had Trey Young too. Okay. Yep. So I'll take at number two for Orlando. I'll take uh, Lamelo. 
So you're right. at three with Charlotte. I'm at three with Charlotte. I'm happy with what happened here. If I'm uh, with, uh, I'm Charlotte's GM. Lamelo somehow ended up at number two. Um, I'm going James Wiseman here, and the comparison I saw for him was like a Chris Bosh. I don't know if he can get there, but because uh, Bosh had five, six, seven pretty dang good years. But if James Wiseman can develop a jump shot, he's super athletic. He can defend. He's probably a better rim defender than Bosch. Um, but I think Charlotte's probably looking for a big. They have Bismack Biombo. <laughs> he might be their best big at this point. Um, Cody Zeller. But I think if you have Terry Rozier, you have Devontae Graham, James Wiseman, Nick Batum. I mean, Charlotte is an eight seed at best in the East, you know, so. I think Wiseman is somebody you can build around. You can make some moves. I like James Wiseman at number three. Yeah. And I can't argue too much with it. I think that's someone Golden State had their eye on, but the more tape that they saw, I, I don't know, they probably are drifting a little bit further away from. But definitely someone they might select at number two if they think he can be better than someone like a Jordan Bell. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. So I'm at number four with Chicago. Correct. Um, boy, Chicago is just very interesting. I could also see them trading this pick. Exactly. I could also see them going all in. Uh, I'm going to go with Chicago as kind of a ball dominant guard. So I want someone that wants to play off the ball a little bit. Garter post. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with uh, the guy out of USC. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. Onyeka Okongwu. Of course. (laughs) Um, That's who I'm going to go with just as I I see Chicago as a big trading bidding war person with Lori Markadon and Wendell Carter because they are not sure what to do with those guys. And I think in any other system, those guys are probably – making more money and doing better. Honestly, someone like Golden State, I think if they're offered the number four pick for Wendell Carter to to flip, like they're doing that, no questions asked. That's probably too good of an offer, but that would be someone that you add to that team. I think I'm on the Wendell Carter bandwagon, but we'll see. People like... No, I haven't watched a whole lot of Bulls basketball these past couple of years. I'm not as high on, on Markinen and Carter as some people are. I, I think they're good. I just think they're good bigs, though. I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna be game breaking. I mean, I'm not expecting these guys to be Anthony Davis or anything, but I Wendell Carter, the, I mean, this might, he thinks he's going into his third year in the league and he just he hasn't done enough for me and he's young, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy who's springy. He can shoot a little bit. Um, I don't hate this bulls roster. I think with Billy Donovan, they can be solid. Uh, Chris Dunn really hasn't panned out. Levine is kind of a fire, fire throw shooter, you know, and I don't know. I like the pick though. I think that, um, I think if you make a move with Carter or Markinen, I think that, um, Onyeka Okongwu is a good pick. So um, I have Cleveland at number five. 
and I was looking at Cleveland's roster and I think they're in need of like a, they're not going to find a LeBron or anything like that, but I think they're in need of like a good athletic forward. And I'm going to go with Obi Toppin here at, uh, at number five. I think Obi Toppin, now I'll always have a thing against Obi Toppin. Luca Garza should have been player of the year. So I was, I was questioning this pick. I, I really thought Obi Toppin should have fallen all the way to the second round, but uh, I'll go with him at number five. I think he's a freak athlete. Jump shot maybe isn't there yet, but I mean, this is a weird draft for shooters, I think. Um, I like Obi Toppin here. He's super explosive. He's, he's going to, like you said, I mean, sell tickets whenever people can have tickets to the game again. Um, defender, you know, he should be better than what he is for his body type. You know, he has, he has the body type of like a, a Grant Williams almost who turned out to be a really dang good defender for the Celtics. If he can improve his defense, I think Obi Toppin can, Obi Toppin can be a really good NBA player. Yeah. Who was your uh, comparison for him? I had a Blake Griffin comparison. Okay. I, I can see it. I think he's super athletic, obviously a good player, young. I, I see him as a top 10 for sure. Top five. I I think, and maybe we should have talked about this earlier after the top three, three or four, I don't know. Does this draft drop a little bit for you? Honestly, I think it's any, it's like a comparable draft to when they, when they took Bennett at number one for Cleveland. Like Mm. I think they can hit on Edwards. I think Edwards can be good. I think Wiseman can be good. Not sure about LaMelo, but like, I I think our picks are good because those guys all have high ceilings, but like which one of these guys like really stands out to you? You know what I mean? Like not very many. And of course this draft will end up having like seven all-stars or something like that, but you you never know. (laughs) It's it's just hard to say. And it doesn't help that they didn't have an NCAA tournament and all that too. That that kind of, that kind of probably changed some, uh, changed some things, but, uh, but yeah, I agree. Um, I think you have Atlanta next at number six. What do you got? Yeah, Atlanta number six. Uh, I mean, I think the guys left on the board. There's a small forward from Israel. There's a point guard from France. There's a point guard from Iowa State. Uh, some would call it Ames. There's a shooting guard from Florida State. But I'm going to take someone with a little size for Atlanta. I'm going to take Patrick Williams at Florida State. Uh, He's a small forward or power forward. Just the type of guy I think that, I don't know, he's the type of guy that as a freshman coming out of Florida State could maybe develop into the wing scorer or defender that I think the lead is headed towards. Who was your comparison for Patrick Williams? OG and Anobi. Okay. So probably not someone you want to draft at six, but uh, yeah, I mean he's he's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no opinion on that. OG and OB is fine. He's just a player. So yeah. Nurse gets a lot out of him. Uh, okay, so Patrick Williams goes to Atlanta. And I have Detroit at seven. And I don't think Detroit is good at all. I think they have a really bad roster. Um you are correct. <laughs> they have Blake Griffin, who 
is injured a lot. They, who else do they even have? They don't have Drummond anymore. They have D Rose who had a nice comeback year last year. They have Christian Wood, who I believe is a free agent. So they don't have him. Who's their next best, best player. They have, I can name some guys. I just, I think saying their name, their names out loud kind of hurts my tongue a little bit. Um, is it Tony Snell? Is it Thon Maker? Is it Brandon Knight? What is Brandon Knight still doing in the NBA? I honestly don't know. So I think this is just trying to take the next best player available here. And I think that they go out of the country with this pick. This Denny Adija. Yep. He's uh, his stock is rising. I think if he falls to seven, um, Detroit has to take him. I think he's the next best player. I had an NBA comparison of Bojan, Bohan Bogdanovich, and who's a good shooter. Maybe not as good of a passer as he should be, but um, I think he potentially could be better than, than than that player. So, I a lot of buzz about this Denny guy. I think he's going to be good. Um, European. You know, every once in a while after a good European comes out like a Doncic, some teams reach on some Europeans, so you never know. But um, I think I went with Denny there. Yeah, I I like the pick. He I've seen him as high as number two pick. So like you said, his stock is rising. These NBA GMs and directors of basketball ops and head coaches are just sitting around watching film, especially those lottery teams that didn't make the bubble and they're just like, can we get more film on this guy? Very limited workouts. So I think we're going to see some picks like this where we don't know as much about people. But yep. I, I think we did the right thing. We didn't, without knowing too much on him, we didn't reach too much on him. But who knows? It, it could be someone. He's not a Doncic type, yep. but he uh, he could be someone that could help them or be a piece down the line. So I'm eight with New York. Yeah. I'm going to stop you really quick. How far are we going? What do you want to go to 10? You want to go to 12? Uh, let's go to Phoenix at 10. Okay. I have, this is actually gets, this is interesting to me because I actually have players now that I want to take, you know what I mean? Like it was weird okay. because I didn't know who to take there, but I have like three or four players who I'm like, I kind of want to take them now. So like, why didn't I take them earlier? But it, let's see what you got at, uh, at New York at eight. This is always an interesting pick. Boy, yeah. New York. I, I should have, I should have done more looking at their, uh, at their roster, but um, I don't know. I, I look at the kid from Iowa state. Did I see that much when he was in Ames? I mean, they didn't beat Iowa his two years there. Uh I don't know. How about this kid from Florida State, Devin Vassell, shooting guard, 6'7". He looks okay. Got a kid from Auburn. Uh, got some Villanova guys. Got a kid from Maryland. I don't know. I guess best option to me. I guess I got to think about the kid from France. Killian Hayes is his name. Uh, but again, I that would be the type of player that uh, – New York would pick. So I, I think I am going to take him. He is a decent size for a point guard. Um, 
New York could use really a little bit of everything right now. So with uh, with the eighth pick, I'm going to take uh, Killian Hayes from France, the 6'5 point guard. I have an interesting comparison for him, and I, I like that pick a lot. I, I think that uh, he'll turn out to be good. Goran Dragic is his okay. comparison. That's, I mean, Dragic is a good player. I like that pick. Um, and it's a total uh, New York Knicks pick, too, just a foreign point guard, Frank McKinney. <laughs> um okay Washington at number nine once again Washington is a team that I'm weird about like they have Beal what's up with Wall we haven't seen Wall in like two and a half years um so I think that they can go any way with this pick their roster isn't great overall Jared Utah's on their roster by the way um after uh Wall and Beal. Um, Hachimura could be their best third best player. Movitz Wagner could be their next next best player. Probably not. Um, I did like Admiral Schofield at Tennessee. I just think they can do anything with this pick. Like, I don't think they have to avoid taking a point guard. You know, they probably should take a big here, but it's just like you're probably not moving off Wall's contract. Maybe you trade Beal this year. I think you go with your, your next best player here. I I think Halliburton might be the guy here. The other guy I was thinking about was maybe that Okoro guy, but I think I think uh, I think I like Halliburton here. The, now there's another guard that I really like in this draft that I'm not going to get a pick because we're only going to ten. But Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, he's a quick little guard. Reminds me of De'Aaron Fox can score around the rim, can shoot. He would be my other guy I would take here. So if I'm if I'm Washington, eventually you're going to have to have a backup plan for Wall because you're going to want to buy him out or trade him or figure out something with him. Maybe you do something with Westbrook because you have to match up contracts. But I think you go next best player here. I'm going to go Halliburton, big point guard. Uh, maybe he can play a little off ball. Um, move Beal to the three. Halliburton at number nine. That's my pick. Yeah, I don't mind it. I thought about taking him last pick. So in my Halliburton comparison, Lonzo Ball, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. Why why so? Well, if you watch Halliburton shoot, he has a funky jump shot. Um now think of what think of Lonzo Ball coming out of college. You're like, okay, funky jump shot can still shoot. Great passer athletic now Halliburton's athletic I think he's a smarter player than Lonzo Ball too I think he makes better decisions he played on a really crappy Iowa State team last year but anytime he's done like USA team stuff anything like that he's always been one of the best players out there and he's a smart player he has high basketball IQ his basketball coach um, was uh, Steve Prohm who also coached John Morant is that right? Yeah, John Moran, that's right. And then campaign. Uh, so he knows NBA point guards. Um, I like Halliburton there, number nine. Yeah, so I'm rounding it out at 10, huh? Phoenix? You got 10. You got Phoenix, the uh, 8-0 bubble Suns. Uh, I think or- Okoro is the, the ultimate choice. I just want to read some other names quick that will be drafted at some point later, probably, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
just that people might recognize um we have uh peyton pritchard from oregon he'll be later on probably in the second round trey jones from duke probably second round cassius winston from michigan state probably late second round if he gets drafted um so those are all still available and really good college players that we saw and heard about but NBA draft as we know is not all about college hype it's a lot about potential so at uh, number 10 I think I'm going to take uh, Isaac Okoro the freshman out of Auburn Phoenix like we said earlier Rubio had a nice season but I think they're trying to to get to the next level they do have a lot of guards but just looking at the next best available guys there's a uh, small forward out of Villanova getting some hype. There's is that Sadiq Bay? Yep, small forward out of uh, Vanderbilt getting some hype. Jalen Smith out of Maryland, who I did watch twice last year. He's impressive, but I don't know how his game. Yeah, sticks trans- is good, but like, what's off- I don't know offensively how he translates to the NBA. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Okoro, and just hope it works out. I guess, but honestly. And it will get who your uh, NBA comp is in, in just a minute for him. But honestly, teams from pick number two through pick number 10, I could see all of those teams making trades to either get out of the top 10 or try and get better, more experienced pieces than any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But- I mean, think of the teams that are up here too. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of these teams, especially Golden State with that number two pick, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen there. I've heard packaging with Wiggins. I mean, the biggest thing that could happen with that pick is you package it with Wiggins and you trade for Giannis and you do, you, you got to throw in a bunch of other stuff too, but um, be interesting to see what happens there. So I agree. This is an interesting draft. It's definitely one of the weirdest drafts ever because it's in November and there's COVID and the draft workouts really didn't happen and all that stuff too. So it's going to be hard. Uh, I think you're going to find a lot of good players later in the draft. So very interested there. Um, But cool. I'm glad we did that. Maybe we can do an updated one, like the week of the draft or something like that. Or if we hear anything that happens uh, with the draft order. So um, last thing we've gone a long time tonight. I think we're coming up on like an hour and a half, two hours. Um, <laughs> give uh, give us some dad advice or some parental advice. I want to hear your, your segment this week. I got to think of what mine is. I, I I have I have one. Go ahead though. Uh, so Annie will be six months next, probably by next week's episode. Uh, starting to pick at different objects now and actually sit up a little bit. Um, we are actually starting to feed her little increments of not actual food, but baby type food. And that's, that's been pretty cool, but I will, my advice is, uh, as someone who doesn't love cleaning up messes a bunch, enjoy the, uh, the, uh, bottle days, because as soon as you add in some food, some cereal, some, uh, some squash, some carrots, uh, things seem to get a little bit messy and the, uh, the washers seem to be full the last week. So 
it, it is fun. It's cool to there's some things she really likes, like the vegetables, and then the cereal tonight she didn't like. So yeah, that's fun. What uh, what do you have? That's great. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, so this is I'm changing the segment just this week. Um, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm calling this husband advice okay. because I drank too much on Saturday, and I I mean you know the college days where we we did that a lot yada yada um i am 28 now just turned 28 last week and oh my gosh sunday was i felt the worst i've ever felt in my entire life and part <laughs> of it was because it was a mix of fireball and bud light platinum seltzers which that was a decision that a7 and i made and you know we stuck with that decision but I wake up on Sunday and I'm at Drizzy's house and shout out to Jasmine for the, she made some food for the Iowa game and all that good stuff. And, um, but I like, it was horrible. It was just horrible. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but essentially I get home. Chelsea lets me just lay around all day. It was great. She took care of the kid and so just appreciate the wives, you know, they, uh, they, they, they do good stuff and I was able to be miserable all day. I felt like I was dying. I didn't throw up though. And binge drinking is bad. Don't do it. You shouldn't do it. Alcohol does bad things to you um, when you drink in excess. So anyways, that's my, um, that's my advice for the week. Um, not bad. Uh, so we got the Hawks on Saturday. What else do we have? Oh, we have the election tonight. Who's going to win the election? By, no one, don't announce your party. Um, just say who's going to win. Uh, should I say what I, what I know currently or what I wanted before the election? Give us the latest update. Okay. Uh, it sounds like according to the Gallagher family text that, uh, red may possibly pull it out again against the Democrats. Really? Yeah. That's what it sounds like at this current moment. But I, something I asked that I never got answered during the pod was, how, how are we sure anything's accurate with the amount of mail-in ballots going in? But who knows? Valid question. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, I think that we should probably wrap it up after being on here for three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, just like the old days, you know. <laughs> absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add? You got anything to plug? When's the basketball season start? Uh, November 16th. I think uh, we may have secured a, uh, a good guest coming up tonight. I think we got a couple booked within the next uh, month or two. So should be a lot of fun. Uh, let us know what you think. Rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we'll be reaching out to some people, see what, uh, what we can do to, to make this better. But thanks for listening. And shout out to our 25 Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for this week. We will see you next week. Peace.